0: Good morning, everyone. Hi, I'm, I'm Dennis. If I haven't met you yet, I'm curate here uh, at Christchurch, which is the sort of whole family. Um, I'm here for these three years to to learn a bit more about um, how to do God's work in the role that He has called me to do. Um, let's have a chat after the service if you haven't seen me before. I'd love to say hello. Okay. Uh, Second thing is, I just want to apologize early, because um, uh, as I've been thinking through um, the passage, um, it's come sort of uh, out as a sort of very hard thing to preach. Um, So if at any point in the service you feel a churning, um, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm glad for God to do His work in that way, if that's what takes place. Um, the, the bulk of the message for today came to me fully at 3 a.m. last night, <laughs> when I was holding a bottle, feeding a baby. That is, that is, that is what they're for. That is what they're for. So, three key words for today: story, presence, and mission. And I want us to start by asking, what is our story? What is your particular story? When you look back into your past, what do you see? When you look into your present, what do you see? And when you look into your future, what do you see? What's your story? How weaved into your story is God? When you look back into your past, do you see flags planted going, here the Father was present for me and has led me? When you look into your present, is he presently present? And I'm glad we had the, 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 we've had the service that we've had so far because it was quite clear to me that God was present here. And it's a good sort of marker to ask, uh, presently in my life, is he present like that? Is God presently present to you? And then when you looked at your future, the things that you're to do, uh, your hopes, your dreams, um, your mission, is God present in those? Is he present in those? Now let's turn to these disciples. Uh, On the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, going to stop there. Now, uh, these guys are the same guys who um, were with Jesus when Lazarus was raised from the dead. They're the same guys who saw him uh, uh, heal the sick, cast out demons, uh, raise more than one person from the dead. There's the, the widow who was walking with her son who had just died in a funeral procession. And Jesus sees that and is struck with compassion for her. And he goes and he wakes the boy up. The disciples were with him. But on this day, on this day, with the rumor of his resurrection and the report from the women who went to the tomb, present to them, they are in a room with doors locked from the inside. With doors locked from the inside. If those doors never open, these guys' story with God... These guys' faith with God stops there. Stops there. And this is where it became a bit tough for me because the line that I kept hearing was, a faith that's not in motion, that's not in moving, that's not active, that's not in keeping with God's mission, is dead. Is dead. Dead faith doesn't live. What it knows because it doesn't believe it. Do they know that Jesus has risen from the dead? Yes. Some of their number have actually seen him and come and said, This is what's gone on. In the children's Bible I was reading this morning, um, the, the two people who were walking on the road to Emmaus have already come back to Jerusalem. Seven miles they've run back, and I've told the disciples, You know, we encountered the risen Lord yesterday, but the doors are still locked from the inside. There is an active thing being done by these disciples to stay inside this room for fear of the Jewish leaders. For fear of the Jewish leaders. And this is question, you know, are there spaces in your life where mission is dimmed because you fear whoever the Jewish leaders are for you? What's it like at work? What's it like at school? What's it like in conversation with your wife or your husband? What's it like at the school gate? What's it like at the coffee shop? Can you say the name Jesus? If you can't, the door's locked from the inside. And what should be active and alive is slowly dying. And it's probably why we're all engrossed when it happens here on a Sunday. We come together, we sing, we praise, the Holy Spirit comes, we're encouraged, it's amazing, it's brilliant, we thoroughly love it, it's a good sort of feeling, because it contrasts the emptiness of the rest of the week. The doors are locked, and it's only here in this space where there are no Jewish leaders with the doors there locked, that we can open and go, ah, come now and minister. Um, I was taken to Revelations, uh, a letter to the church in Sardis. Please forgive me. Um, being a pastor, these kind of sermons are hard. Mike, you know this, don't you? Yeah? But I was, I was agonizing over there, and I just wouldn't, I couldn't say anything other than what I was being led to say, so my doors were locked from the inside too, that's what I'm trying to say to you, yeah. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God, the seven stars, I know your deeds, you have a reputation for being alive, you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I found your deeds unfinished. Unfinished. Not that you're not doing anything, but they're unfinished in the sight of God. Remember, therefore, remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. You will not know at what time I will come to you. Um, it, It comes a bit like a warning, a little bit, you know. But also, in there is a key to unpack what needs to happen. It says, remember therefore what you have received. Hold it fast and repent. Remember what you have received. Hold it fast and repent. This is where story kicks in again. What these disciples had forgotten was story, 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 story story. We look into the past at why we celebrate Pentecost, which we're going to celebrate next week. This is our season now, Pentecost. Between Ascension and Pentecost is Pentecost. Um, Pentecost is there because at some point in Israel's history, after God had taken them from slavery and was walking them through the wilderness, he called Moses up a mountain to give him the law. They had been saved, They had been set apart. But now, for their living, God was going to give them fingerprint. Something that will make them absolutely distinct from everybody else. Not just a group of people who are following this weird cloud. But a group of people who live in a way that is distinct, that is different from everybody else. A group of people who God had set apart to teach the world of his love. A group of people who were supposed to be missional. Receiving the law makes a difference to these people because up until they receive the law, there is no way to make themselves distinct from everybody else. Why? Because who's telling them not to sacrifice their children on the rocks? Who's telling them not to um, sleep with each other's wives or covet their neighbor's um, donkey? Who's telling them all these things? No one. And the evidence of this is that when Moses goes up the mountain and he spends his time up there carving on the stones, what God is telling him, The Israelites down below make a calf out of gold and worship it. They have no way. And one of the laws that God gives is what? Do not worship any other God but me. The law makes a difference for these guys. Makes a difference for them. Now, if you follow the story of Israel, you'll see that the law came, they received the law, but they locked the doors from the inside. They were supposed to tell the world of a God who was interested, a God who was present, a God who was alive, who was not dead, whom people could come and encounter, whom people could come and receive forgiveness from. But they locked the doors from the the inside, and slowly faith died. And 19 kings... It's funny because when God called them apart, when God gave them the law, they had no king. They had prophets. And prophets weren't, weren't, you never succeeded a prophet because you were the prophet's son. Not at all. God would call you from one place. God would call another one from another place. Call another one from another place. Call another one from another, everybody got to play. But, stories started to vanish. And distinction started to be something that eroded. And what happens when that starts? You start to look around and go, can we not be like these guys who have a king? Can we not be like these guys? And they forget story. They ask for a king. Begins the end of their demise. Because now you have someone symbolically in front of you. Rotten king, rotten people. Rotten king, rotten people. Rotten king, rotten people. We could play King Bingo and go through Chronicles and find how many kings actually fulfilled what God wanted them to do. Rotten king, rotten people. Rotten king, rotten people. Rotten king, rotten people. Until God was like, look, you guys are absolutely failing at this. You're absolutely failing. At this. this house that's supposed to be present for me, to dwell amongst you, I cannot dwell in it because of how rotten you are. Story disappeared because mission wasn't being followed. Faith that should have been alive was found dead. Was found dead. So, story carries on. God goes, I'm going to step into this. Not like he just kind of is reacting to people failing, but God knew that this was going to happen. And part of his redemptive power is that he was redeemer from the very beginning. And he planned to be redeemer from the very beginning. So that our failings were things he would use for his good. So to redeem this, he sends Christ. Christ comes. And this ragtag bunch of people, fishermen, tax collectors, and the like, those who would never serve in the temple, spent three years with this Jesus, three years from boozing at the wedding, which was a good wedding, all the way, all the way to the triumphal entry in Jerusalem and everything in between, seeing demon-possessed get healed, being sent on mission actually by him and seeing provision come for them when they were told to take nothing. Three years. Do you know how long three years is? Three years is a long time. It's a very long time. (laughs) Some of you have been here for three years. You've seen what three years has done to this space. Seen what three years has done to your community here. You've seen it. They spent three years with him, learning about God's love, learning about a different way of being, learning about a distinct way of living. Because Jesus was that distinct, they killed him. They were learning and learning and learning a new story between God and humanity. But on this day, the doors are locked. The doors are locked. One, because they've forgotten the story. And this is, this is where we start to forget story. And I had a lecturer called Knut. Knut is German and uh, uh, he He speaks a bit like this and he said uh, the reason people forget is because God is moving. When they stop, he doesn't stop. (laughs) When they stop, he doesn't stop. When they stop, he doesn't stop. So if God moves this way and you're still here, not on mission, what happens? He goes and then you're in the space where God is absent and absence is the key word here. Absence is the key word. Absence is almost the foundation for so many of the things that we struggle with as human beings. Absence, if your parents are absent, man, there's a huge, huge ladder for you to climb. Think of all the anxiety, think of it all. Think of all the fear. And I do Alpha year on year and I am thoroughly enjoying it because one of the things I get to say to people is God is here. God is here because the root of all the pain, all the questioning is just the reality that God is absent. There is no one to anchor life. There is no one to put things in context for us to go, this is how things are supposed to be. So when things go wrong, or when we look around, not even that they're going wrong to us, but we see it happening to others, there is nowhere for us to root our despair, to go, from here comes hope. Absence. It is the foundation for anxiety. It is the foundation for fear. It is the foundation for low self-esteem. It is the foundation for depression. Absence. It is what keeps us, who know the story forgetting and locking the doors. But God knows that. God knows that. And he knew that these guys would get to this point. And he knew that they would need his help to get to the next point. He knew that they would need his help. So what happens? With the doors locked from the inside, what does Jesus do? He appears in the room. Um, if that is not weird to you, you um, you've kind of forgotten what science is because none of you can walk through doors. I don't know what I would do if I was in the room and Jesus appeared in the middle of the room. Um, I would be by the door trying to unlock it (laughs) for fear of Jesus in the room. He startles them so much by his presence to them that he begins to repair some of the work that absence does. He was absent to them because they saw him die. And so all the stories started to disappear. But when they saw him alive, guess what they started to remember? Guess what they started to remember? He's the one, him. I remember he fed 5,000 people. He's the one, him. We saw him walking on the water. I remember him, he's the one. Where can we go from you? Your words are the words of eternal life. They started to remember. They started to remember. The story started to come and bubble up and be full again. And where absence was breeding anxiety and fear, presence brings a different foundation. And Jesus is so gracious, he says it twice. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And to, to make sure they knew that it was him who was present. In the children's Bible it says, touch and feel, I'm not a ghost. Which is just an incredible way to look at it. Touch and feel, peace be with you. And he showed them his hands and his side. And what, where there was anxiety, the disciples were overjoyed. Have you ever been nervous and laughed? It's not really a full laugh, is it? There is something about laughter that indicates freedom. You can't laugh if you're afraid. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. You will try, it won't work. Trust me, I laugh a lot. I know I've tried. Another thing you can't do when you're laughing is whistle. We could pause right now to give it a go. (laughs) But presence, reminding people of story, peace, Again, emphasizing presence. Again, emphasizing story. This is not peace that's empty. This is, you have peace with the Lord God Almighty. You have peace with the Lord God Almighty. God is for you. Do not be afraid. Remember the works of God in your life, O Israel. Remember the works of God in your life, St. Albans. Remember the works of God in your life, Peter. And be at peace because that same God is alive and present to you here in your place of deepest fear. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And the story is fleshed again. But look at this. They laugh and they're overjoyed. They experience God's presence. They encounter him. What does Jesus do straight away? He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Yeah. I'm here, but do you know what? I'm missional. I'm moving. And if you do not follow when I move... <laughs> <laughs> you will go back to the place of absence. When what did the Father send Jesus to do? Rescue the world. What is Jesus sending us to do? The same. The same. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgive them. They're not forgiven. This is a command from God. It's not a request. It's actually. <laughs> receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive someone's sins their sins are forgiven how many of you have declared forgiveness over someone you've done it you've done it how many have not done it that's our mission that's our mission hey God has forgiveness for you you don't have to wait to wear a collar like me and Mike no no not at all His seal is upon you. He has breathed upon you. He has been present to you. Now that you recognize, even for yourself, what you have locked from the inside, ask the Lord to come and sit presently there so that you may accomplish the thing that he's calling you to do. Weave the God of hope into your future. Weave the God of mission into your future. Weave him. Because when you start to declare people's forgiveness, that sense you got of God's presence here today on a Sunday, guess what you receive when you're out on mission, when you do what the Father has sent you to do. It is by his Spirit, and he will be present to you. Faith without works is dead. Mission is the space where faith is actually encouraged. I am sending you. I am sending you, it is him who sends us. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit. And this is the difference maker. We've been looking at the Holy Spirit the last couple of weeks and it's been incredible. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And Mike did an incredible thing for me, I think it was last week, he said, um, the Holy Spirit helps you know. This made a difference to what I understood about what you're saying. Because when I say the Holy Spirit makes you know, it just sits there. But know, add something else. There's another, it's an oomph. You know, you almost need to try it and you see what it's like. It's just that when you know, it makes the difference. Holy Spirit makes you know, makes you know. And when you know, you live in a different way. You live in a different way. The disciples knew the Lord was alive when they saw him. He was present to them. He was present to them. And even after this, he says to them, wait. Receive the Holy Spirit. I on. I don't wanna natter on. What I'm gonna say is, um, be careful that in waiting and pondering and living in a way that is not tinged with mission Faith doesn't die for you because it's a slippery slope and you won't notice. And the picture I had was of that frog being cooked alive slowly as the water boils up or that crab. You just don't recognize it. Just slowly you don't because this becomes comfortable. We get used to coming and receiving here and going, give me what you've got, oh Lord. And then when he leads us out, he turns right and we turn left. And week on week, it dies. And it's like antibiotics if you don't finish the course. Slowly, 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 you become numb. And God doesn't want that for you. I don't want that for you. Mike doesn't want that for you. Jesus doesn't want that for you. my, My sermon today comes with a challenge. What are you doing on Wednesday? Who are you gonna be with on Wednesday? Are you going to be bold enough to tell them that they are forgiven? If not, if you can feel that little bit of anxiety, be encouraged, because here and now, God can minister to you. And I don't have to tell you that he can, because you felt him present here earlier. If Michael permit me, I'm going to ask you all to stand I like faith being active. Let it be active for you. The the, the only reason we're standing is because it gets you to move. Uh, One, because I've been talking for a while, but two, because when you move, you're in step. And if you do not move, you're not in step. I learned from a very wise uh, preacher called John Peters that um, God is not a God of faff. You don't need to conduct seances to experience him. Um, Why am I saying this? Because in order to practice presence, you don't need Stephen around. In order to practice presence, and presence is what will keep story at the forefront of your mind, and story is what will bring courage, courage rooted on peace. So, Imagine you're in the gym today and it's your first time benching the way of, of, of receiving God's presence. Of acknowledging that he is here. Because if God doesn't stay at a distance, the gap between you and him is thin. It's thin. So if you would like to welcome him into that room you have locked from the inside... I'm not saying unlock it. He doesn't need that lock to be open. He just needs you to know that you need him there. If you would like that, close your eyes and block out everything that's happening. Stretch out your hands in front of you and with your own mouth, steer the ship of your life and ask the Lord to send the Holy Spirit. It's as simple as, Father, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And let's wait and allow God to minister to us.
1: Thank you so much, Dennis. Let's keep waiting. Some of us still need that door to be unlocked. Some of us are being reminded of story and God's story in our lives, the things that have moved our faith. And when he raised someone to life, as it were, in your story of faith. Some of us are being reminded of story. Some of us are being filled with his presence. Some of us are being called on mission again. Come with me. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus comes to us again and again. And he calls us out of locked rooms to join him on mission to the world. To proclaim the forgiveness of Jesus to the world. He's calling you now come let's go peace be with you receive the Holy Spirit
0: just got a sense that this there's a Maybe one or a few of us who um, um, perhaps are looking at themselves and going, "I'm too wounded to to go out on mission." Um, the sense I got is that God just wants to hold you and heal you, um, and the practice the practice of presence for you is to just rest and be restored. that might involve some weeping, that might involve uh, some, some intercession from others, that might involve uh, uh, speaking to someone about what's going on. But just to encourage you. Uh, he won't send you wounded. Privilege to be up here
1: sometimes, and to look out and see the Spirit of God resting on people and at work in people's lives. You can you can see it. You don't need to imagine it. You can see it. And uh, He's at work in people's lives this morning. And um, I don't want to get in the way. My sense is though that we need to do something um, different and tangible. Uh, this morning and and, and next week for Pentecost to show that we're people that hunger and thirst for the presence of God that long to be reminded of his story that we're people who want to wait well and be thirsty and be hungry and be asking for more to be reminded of story, of presence, to be called on mission and so I'm going to ask us we're going to shake up the end of this service and um, I'm going to ask to do something a bit different Stephen can you grab your guitar, unplug it and head up there And what I'm going to ask us to do, you don't have to. You can sit and receive where you are. There's nothing religious about this. But I sense that that there's something we need to do. This week, as we wait and as we pray and pray, thy kingdom come, um, spirit fall in the next week. And as we approach Pentecost, if you're hungry like me, if you're thirsty, if you know you need to be reminded of the story, if you need a room to be unlocked, um, then I'm going to invite you for this last song of worship to, um, to move from where you are as a kind of a demonstration of yes I know I need more, I want more I want to want more um, and we're going to head up there into the chancel like mind out for the, the bits and we'll make some space and the wires, we're going to head up there into the chancel just as a way of physically saying we're wanting more, we want to approach Jesus and we're going to worship our last song um, up there. And Stephen will choose something simple that we can remember and just sing along to. Um, and as we move up there, as you're there, as you're worshiping, if you want to receive prayer, just, um, you just raise a hand or ask the person next to you. Uh, those who are kind of on team, can you just be aware of people who look like them might want some specific prayer? Um, and we'll try that. Thank you for being patient with me. Should we go? Um, Stephen, can you head up? And we're going to head up there. And if this makes you feel really uncomfortable, you don't want to, you can sit in your chair and you can pray there and nobody will think you're not being holy. That's just where you're receiving God. That's fine. But um, I'd love to encourage you to come and join us up at the front. And We're going to sing together our last song of worship up there as a tangible way of us responding. Do you come up. Do you come up. There's nothing magic about this. It's just occasionally I feel for me and my discipleship, I need to kind of do something physical to say I'm wanting more and I'm looking for more. And that's, that's all we're trying to do um, uh, this morning. And um, Amanda's going to say a quick prayer for us that she felt prompted to pray and Stephen's going to lead us. And I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll just worship and pray for this last song, I say. Um, just got the word, set the captives free. Lord, we just know that that's what you love. And it may be that we're on mission to really set world organizations, people in slavery free. But it's also, Lord, we just come and just set us free. Anything that's kept us captive, I pray that we kind of shake our feet, anything off it that's trying to tangle us. We just give you ourselves. Come, Lord, Holy Spirit, thank you that you don't want to keep us in captivity. And thank you, Lord, that when you set us free, we set others free. Come Holy Spirit now, in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Oh! <laughs> Heavenly Father, you are a great God. Jesus, this Ascension Sunday, we celebrate that you are our Lord, that you have ascended to power and to authority, that you have taken our humanity and are seated at the right hand of God, that you intercede for us, that you went that the Spirit might fall upon us and that we might know you as Lord and know you as Comforter and know you unlocking the uh, the rooms that are closed in our heart and setting us free, filling us with your presence, reminding us of the story of faith in our lives, sending us out in mission. And thank you that you've been doing that this morning. Whether people are up here or whether they're sat in their seats down there, you're meeting with them and we thank you. And Lord, we want to be a people of your presence who hunger for more of you, who uh, listen to the whisper who don't turn the other way but follow you on mission in the world and i pray that this week as we head out from this place that we might go with you and not our own way that we know in a special way as we walk towards pentecost and the celebration next week your spirit with us this week that you would be speaking to us, setting us free, calling us on mission, all those things that Dennis so helpfully reminded us of today.
0: Amen, amen. I just got got a sense while um, sitting down here that um, um, we need to seal the jar so so that things don't escape. Um, So if you've experienced God today, Uh, Can this be a marker for you? Let's put a a flag down to go on this day I experienced God so that when you look back at your past, if you haven't seen white flags before, you can have one at least. Is that okay? Yeah, let's just pray quickly. Holy Spirit, what you have given, will you keep in the hearts and minds of those to whom you have given it. Seal now your work. In your mighty name. Amen.